Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So many of us feel stuck and unsure of how to make positive changes in life. Journaling is a proven way of keeping yourself on track and creating lasting change. The How I Quit Alcohol Playbook will take you through 365 days of gratitude, daily affirmation and loads of techniques to help you stay on track and head towards a clearer future. Head to the show notes or iquitalcohol.com.au to grab yourself a copy today. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm super excited to welcome back beautiful grad. Tara was in the first yeah, the yep. very first How I Quit Alcohol Challenge. She's been on this podcast once before. And as of today, 640 days sober, one year, nine months, and two days. Yay. <laughs> that is amazing. What a huge, huge accomplishment. How are you, yeah. Tara? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, it is huge. I was just reflecting with my partner or my fiance um, how close I am to two years. So, yeah, it's really. Um, exciting and thanks so much for having me back on your podcast. Oh, I'm just so stoked to have you on and the reason I wanted to get you on was because some time ago, gee, when was it? It was probably a few months ago now. You did this amazing post in the grads group where you talked about, I guess it was to put the wind in the sails of the newbies that were coming in and to talk about, you know, in reflection that things get better. And I, I wanted to break that down because I've then shared it with other groups that we've had through to put the wind in their sails and everyone always, you know, comes back and says, wow, that's such an amazing post, such a great message to share. And I also posted on Instagram and had a lot of great feedback as well. So thank you also just for taking the time to do that. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing to do. Like who does that? Just to think, well, I really want to help these people out and and take my time to put this down on paper. And what was the inspiration for you to do such a thing? Thanks. Thanks, Danny. I didn't think to be honest, I didn't think much of it at all when I wrote it up in the grads group. But around that time, it was around July and of this year, 
And I had just seen a few posts of some some of our newer grads being a little bit wobbly and reaching out to the group, which is, you know, the perfect thing to do when people are feeling wobbly is to like, you know, link back into the grads group. And I thought, well, here's old me as the one of the OG sober kids, a uh, bit of, yeah, bit of experience mm-hmm. um, alongside me now. And I, I wanted to, I guess, share with them my lived experience and my early days um, and, and how tough it was. Like that first year was really um, like hard work. And at the time I thought, oh, you know, all these people are like, oh, it's easy. And I was like, yeah, it's easy. But I was like, it was really tough. It was a really tough time. And I wanted to come from the place of being the person who'd been there thinking, how are these people who are saying, oh, it's so easy now? Like, how did they get there? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to provide, I guess, some reassurance in those days where you're in your head and it all feels like so hard and every day you're navigating, you're navigating, how do I get through this in the mm-hmm. new year? How do I get through this without drinking? And there's so much mental load that comes with that that I think you, I forgot a lot of that, but when mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the people saying, you know, this happens or I don't know how to get through this, I thought, I, you know, I wanted to just have empathy to remember back into those early days and provide the encouragement because the reality for me was I hardly ever thought about it anymore. Like those hard times that seemed so difficult and challenging and such a load on me, suddenly it dissolves and all of a sudden, you know, after the first year it just got easier and easier and easier and I didn't have to think about it. And then I'm at a place now where I hardly ever think about drinking, even amongst all the drinking. Um, I spend a lot of time with people who drink still and I barely ever, it barely crosses my mind in a meaningful way to have a drink. I mean, that's so inspirational and it's so great for people to be able to hear that. And I remember, you know, trying to to say to you guys as well, like one day you'll get there and you actually won't think about it anymore or hardly at all. And it's okay for me to say that, I guess, because it's so far down the track. But it, what's great is now that, you know, other people are coming through going, yes, that's right. Like it does get so much easier. What was one of, what do you think in reflection was the toughest stuff that you had to deal with, with your sobriety journey? I think it was just the mental part of it, definitely. Like for me, I was a daily drinker. I was, you know, bottle of wine maybe two. So when I gave up, there was no real physical problems. Um, I just took up lollies for my sugar habit (laughs) and icy poles and all the sugars. So for me, the toughest part was um, the, the mental load and having to navigate what felt like every minute of every day, newly uh, as a sober person and when, you know, it's the whole concept of when you can't have that thing, you think about it a million times more, right? So in mm. a, when I was drinking, I probably thought about drinking, you know, three times. But as soon as that's taken away from you, you're like, oh, my God, all of a sudden you're obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to learn everything new again. You've got to learn how do I 
how do I go out with my friends who all, all drink? How do I hang out with my family who still drinks? How do I engage with my colleagues on a Friday night and, and they are still drinking? And how do I find myself in that and show up as myself um, without drinking? And so how do I show up? But also how do I like not drink? And, you know, I just remember it being this really incessant chatter in my brain all the time. Like, how am I going to get navigate through this? How will I do that? And then um, the boredom. I remember laying on the couch one day on a Saturday afternoon, literally thinking, my life is over. I'm no. never going to have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to have a good fun time again. I'm just. I've got no interests. I'm not interesting. The only thing that held me together was drinking and my my drinking personality and all that fun. And at the time when I was laying on the couch thinking that, it seemed very, very real. It seemed like that would be my eternity. Like some sometimes I am so shocked that I just kept up with it and that I didn't drink because I'm like, it was so I know. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's really remarkable, really. Yeah, but just kept plugging away um, and, you know, ha- like how. And and it's, I, was, I thought about it a little bit today in preparation for this, but I thought, um, it, I thought about it in a new way because I clung to Ash's saying of it's easy. That was, I don't know why, but that was something that I really clung to. But didn't you want to punch him in the face for <laughs> saying that when you weren't finding it easy? Yeah, I thought about it today and I thought what Ash had when he said it's easy is he had the mindset that it's going to be easy. I will not steer away from this path because my mindset is it's easy. The lived experience is it was so tough and it was really hard and it was very challenging and it was very consuming for that period of time. But I I really clung to Ash's mindset that it is easy. And so for me, I think that's how I carved out the difference is, you know, there wasn't too many times when I laid on the couch and cried and was like, well, my life is over. Um, but, yeah, I, I could kind of think about that optimistic mindset, which is it's easy, we can do it, you know, we can do these hard things. I'll, I'll choose for it to be easy. Um, so I thought about that a lot and, and the grads group, like my crew, like I thought to myself, there were some people in that group that was, had such challenging times. Like I think about Lyndall, how disappointed would Lyndall be in me with everything that she had been through? And then I'm like, oh, I'm yellow. I'm just going to drink again. Like, yeah, I I never wanted to disappoint our crew. And so when it was hard, just connecting in with everyone and being part of the grads group was like far and away so important and staying those connections. And now, you know, our OG group and, you know, so many still um, sober. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I... I want to be part of that success story. Yeah, amazing. Just amazing. You're incredible. And all the those that OG group that is still going strong, just, you know, such beautiful, amazing humans. And I think that accountability 
and the connection makes such a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Just like us with our our original group, our club sober group with, um, you know, that accountability just made such a big difference. So, yeah. All right. So thank you for sharing that. So I wanted to read a couple of these things that you posted. (laughs) Okay. And so you said, hi, sober family. I wanted to post a word of encouragement for anyone who might be struggling and wondering when things might get easier and share a couple of points from the experience in the last 561 days you're at at this point and you said I never thought a weekend would pass without thinking of a drink now most weekends pass without even a thought about drinking it took some time for this to happen stick with it the urge will pass I promise it does get easier when did you get to that point where you know it did start to pass and it was getting easier when you weren't thinking about it every weekend I think for me it was well into the second year um, so I would say past that first Christmas, because honestly, the first Christmas for me was just such a challenge. And I, like, I thought about drinking all the time. Um, so I would say well past the, the first year, I would say probably like about my birthday, April of 2022 this year would have been a time where. I would get through a weekend, it'd be Wednesday, and I'd go, oh, oh my God, I didn't even think about a drink. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of notice, oh, wow, I didn't think about it today. Or, yes. yeah, I haven't thought about it for a few days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and not to say that every weekend was torture. Like, it, it absolutely wasn't torture every weekend. Right. I'd definitely be thinking every Friday, oh, Friday, I'm not going to drink. I have, What's my plan? Have I got some... Um, you know, Heineken Zero's in the fridge. I've got this. What are we doing? What do I have to say no to? Because I just cannot go out and deal with drinking people. Um, and, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, there was like it, it lessened and lessened and lessened and it wasn't always so um, challenging. But, yeah, definitely that freeing of it and not even thinking about it, I would say from about April onwards it's just started to be, like really something passed in in the past days. I can so relate to that as well, where I I just I literally don't think about it anymore. But I remember feeling like the first time I went to a party and I didn't think about it, or the first time I went to a lunch with friends and I didn't think about it. You know, I thought about it afterwards, like, oh, you know, wow, that's amazing. And to it does actually become nothing really. It's it's really amazing. It's just a and you just don't think about it. Yeah, yeah, and that in itself is just miraculous. That that it totally in front of someone who's drinking, and the thought I'm I would like a drink has not even entered my mind. It's and amazing. I think that would happen. <laughs> yeah, me either. I remember feeling like oh, that will never happen for me. I'll never ever feel like that. But you know, it does. It does. So this is great. All right. Then he said. I never truly believed people when they said they didn't want to drink. I thought they were making it up and were just better at hiding it. <laughs> yeah, yet I am. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think just just what we said, like those those earlier months where it was all consuming and, you know, for the last 20 or so years, my life revolved around um, having some drinks or, or, you know, a lot of that social side and, and non-social side was around having the drinks. And I was just like, honestly, I'll be stuck in this kind of loop forever. I was kind of accepting of it, um, but I thought it would be upon my shoulders to have to be 
negotiating every moment of not not drinking um and and yet when and then I felt so much joy that actually I was that person who was able to go yes oh actually I don't I haven't thought about it and it is true and so if it's true for me and and back from those really hard times oh how exciting that's true for all the other people who kind of get to that point where it stops being a thought in their mind as well yeah unbelievable so it's just so exciting okay and then you said I love this one. I never truly believed people when they said that they that they had fun going out without drinking. I thought they were full of shit and just <laughs> making it up. Yeah, here I am. I love that. I, I I can totally relate too to that same thing of like thinking they're full of shit as if they're having fun. Yeah, you know? yeah. And also there was one you said before that you went to a pyjama party that weekend and you had an ace time and you were dancing to Britney Spears. I mean, how do you get to that point too where you can get to the party and you're dancing in your pyjamas? Like, yeah, and probably, to be honest, Annie, and probably an even better time because if I had have been at that party, you know, get me into the cocktails, wear some wine, and I would have been like probably by the time we were dancing to Brittany, which was probably about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I probably would have been too drunk and slurring and just talking rubbish. Um, but instead I was actually just having the funniest time with just one other girl and we were doing these crazy Brittany dances and like it was legit, like a really just a good fun time. Yeah. Not long after that, I was like, okay, I've had a great time. Um, see you later. <laughs> Bye. Amazing. And how do you Drove feel? Myself home. Yeah. How did you feel going home from that party? Like, how do you feel within yourself? I felt honestly, I felt euphoric. I was like, oh, what a goal! Well, I'm kicking goals here. I've achieved this um, kind of level of sobriety where. You know, I thought I would be the boring, sober person for the rest of my life. But, you know, I'm actually still more so the funny, interesting, um, outgoing, slightly outrageous, um, kooky person that I was when I was drinking. But I'm in full control of it and um, really, uh, yeah, enjoying those Britney moves and probably like nailing them harder than I would have. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yes yes. (laughs) the whole thing I'm getting from this whole conversation though is pushing yourself through like you're sitting with it you're kind of dealing with it and you're not you're facing it head on and even like going to the party in a pajama you know going there and having that good time you're still facing it head on and just like those other weekends where you're feeling bored and tired and you know alone feeling like I'm never going to have fun again but you still actually faced it which I think is just so courageous and so brave and even recently how you went on that trip to Bali. I want to talk a bit about that because I know that that was a bit of a challenge as well, you know, all those new experiences. And, you know, and I think a lot of people are going through that at the moment. They're going on trips to Bali. I'm seeing it all over Instagram, tropical holidays, getting to the airport flights. Can we talk about that a little bit as well and how you handled those situations? The thing I would say to the pajama party was it was this year. So could I have stood and said I would have done the same thing last year? I'm not sure, but I could face into that and kind of be free um, in that situation. I think it was like maybe June this year. Um, but so it did take some time as well. There was plenty of times when I, you know, didn't turn up to things and, and didn't present because I just couldn't manage it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's too many things that I would define now because I, I couldn't manage it um, emotionally. 
Um, and barley, oh my lord! So I actually, my first holiday sober, we went to Geelong for a, a weekend, and it was like a funny trip. But I had a terrible time. I did not enjoy my time in Geelong. Um, you know, no it is thing. Geelong. <laughs> Sorry, people from Geelong. I had a panic attack on their crazy little Ferris wheel, which is highly embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just hated it. I could not have a good time. And what I realised is I couldn't have a good time because I did not know how to holiday sober. Every holiday had always been around, you know, um, a morning activity, but having some drinks by lunchtime, you know, winding its way into evening, some dinner, and then who knows, but um, it was always revolving around drinking and especially barley. So, you know, every trip I'd been with, I think we've been to Bali four times, was immersed in alcohol from the minute you get to the airport, you have your beer or champagne at the airport, regardless of the time, it's 6am and you're, um, you know, having your first drink, then you're on the plane. And of course you have your complimentary drinks and then you get there and, and you know, do, 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 drinking. So leading up to Bali, I was, um, I guess I was mindful that there would be a lot of temptation because that is historically a, a drinking activity. And so I had to be mindful about, you know, not falling for any temptations because that's the other thing. The further away you get for it, I guess it's easy to be like, ah, oh, maybe I can have one Bali champagne because I'm on holiday and mm-hmm. that trap. And so part of me was stealing myself for the fact to not fall for the you can moderate your drinking story. Did that did that sneaky bitch come in? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of niggles that said, oh, maybe you could just have a holiday drink and and no one would know. And it's just you and us and you guys can just have a cool, fun drunk time together. Yeah, definitely. And that's but that was part of it as well. Like I still get knocks on the door of being like, oh, hello, here's a glass of wine. I'm your friend. Um, mm. Still comes and knocks on my door. All Like I wouldn't say all the time, but at times. Bali was one of those times. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to even indulge that for. I will not be drinking at Bali. And I said to Maz, I will not drink in Bali. And then... Um, you know, we're at the airport, he's having beer, I'm having coffee, you know, how, and I'm just assessing as I'm going, how am I feeling about that? And I felt fine about that. It was like six in the morning and I've become quite a coffee addict. So I was like really enjoying my coffee. And then we got on the plane and there's no complimentary drinks because we fly Jetstar. So that wasn't any worry at all. Um, and then arriving at um, where we were staying, it felt a bit clunky. It felt a bit like, oh, okay, what do we do now? And so I just allowed it to be clunky and I allowed it to feel weird and I just was like, okay, well, nothing's perfect. Let's just see how it goes and, like, let's go on the new journey of what does a holiday without alcohol look like. And, you know, it was very much just one day at a time seeing how I felt and. Um. yeah, and organising things that I probably wouldn't have when I was drinking and doing some cool haggling, like I haggled with the locals like a champion and we we're all laughing and it was a heaps of fun. And I engaged us some services of 
some, um, you know, parasailing and um, bouncing behind the boat. I don't know what it's called. Uh, and cruising around on a boat as well, which I don't think I would have done if I was had been drinking because I wouldn't have wanted to do it if I was, you know, under the influence. So, you know, did a lot of those fun things. And then the next section of the holiday was with a group who were drinking. So um, one afternoon when I found it really tough because um, it was just getting out of that old um, processes, I just said, okay, you guys go to the pool, have your cocktails. I'm going to go and get a pedicure. I'm going to get a foot massage. And then there's this place called Lemongrass right near where we were staying, who we'd been to the night before, and they made a granita, which looks like a frozen daiquiri, uh, but it was uh, mango and all these beautiful flavours. So I just took myself off to Lemongrass, got myself a table, sat front and centre, had myself a granita, watched the traffic go by, acted like I was a fabulous independent lady, um, all the while being completely sober. And mm. I just tried to reset my um, my mindset to not be cranky, cranky Tara. And, and it did the trick. And there was these little yeah. across the road that were being like a little mariachi band and they were busking and they were literally like, four and five years old. So I was able to go and like give them a little um, donation to their busking. And, and then I felt more lighthearted and was able to go back to the group um, and, you know, interact. Um, but there was like, there was times when I was like pissed off and, and not probably my best self and not acting like, like happy, but I was like, yeah, well I am. And that's just what I am. And, I don't want to be around drinking people at the moment, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do something else. Um, and then after that adult tantrum, um, I did feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I love that, and that you went and just kind of did something else that made you feel good. And when you said you kind of got lighthearted about it, I think that's so important. It's so good to acknowledge how you feel, but then also to go, okay, I felt it now. Now I can kind of bring a bit of joy in and, and have a bit of fun with it. And I think that's really nice as well. Yeah, and I'm in Bali. Like, I'm not at work. I'm not stuck in Melbourne in the cold. <laughs> like, I'm right. in Bali and it's, I'm on holiday and this new adventure of, of a sober holiday is is pretty fun. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the granita was, like, oh, amazing. And I also had their rice, sticky rice dessert with this mm-hmm. ma- um, scoop of ice cream on top. It was, like, honestly, I was just killing myself with sugar. Uh, but it definitely made me feel really happy. So I would recommend. Yeah. yeah. So would you have any advice for people that I know we've got a couple of our grads at the moment, one's in Thailand and one's in Bali. And for people listening that are about to embark on a, a tropical holiday or a holiday, what advice would you give someone that was fo- sort of feeling that pull or they were feeling, yeah, they were struggling a bit with it? Yeah. I, I mean, I can only share my uh, experience, but I think it is be cautious because the sneaky bitch will come in. So don't let her take a hold of, you know, what happens overseas stays overseas, like guard your sobriety really closely. Um, be prepared to feel a bit triggered and think about what did Tara tell me might happen? What are ways that I might be able to, um, you know, cut through and, and find some lightheartedness? And that might be a yoga session in the morning, which I did when we're in Lusa Dua, which was beautiful, uh, or take myself away and give myself a little treat, whatever your sober treat looks like. 
um, carve that out. I also went and just paid money regularly to get my hair done because, you know, when you get wet, salty, cold, chlorine hair and those little hotel hair dryers don't work really well. You know, have it, you know, is it for you? Is it a massage? Is it you're having your hair done? Is that buying a, a $60 Louis Vuitton a genuine purse, whatever it might be? I think um, look for those opportunities. If you feel sketchy, like how can you distract yourself um, with other pleasures? Um, and my summary of my trip to Bali was amongst the challenges, I had a beautiful time. I had a really great holiday and I'd never come back more relaxed from a holiday. I would often come back from a holiday really strung out from the constant alcohol, really overdoing the hangover, puffy, um, putting on a lot of weight. And I came back so relaxed. I actually can't remember being so zen for a long time. So my other piece of advice is the sober holiday, even if it's clunky to navigate through it, get your book, relax, you know, just be still, be calm, do some yoga, all those good things, eat granita. Yeah, a sober holiday is a thousand times better than a drinking holiday. Absolutely. Just like you said, when you, how you feel when you're coming home, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying they went somewhere and then on their way home, they felt amazing on their way to this holiday and they were going with a group of friends and that, yeah, they felt they look good, you know, and all the stuff on the plane, they were excited and went, had the holiday, everyone was drinking every single night and on the way home on the airport, just feeling like that, that stuff, you know, lethargic anxiety Mm. was through the roof. Puffy, all those things, and just like couldn't believe the stark difference between how they felt going and just how terrible and rubbish they felt on the way back. How often have you heard people say, I need a holiday from my holiday? Shit, yes. Yeah. Honestly, I can't. Who knows? Like, if you have a bad holiday, you have a bad holiday. But in my opinion, if you drink all your holiday, you will need a holiday from your holiday because. All those things, like you don't rest properly when you're drunk, the alcohol stimulates you, um, you're not actually getting that rest and recuperation that you probably need in our highly overstimulated and uh, burnout type world. So, yeah, for me it was like the best, yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing with Bali, I mean, the food is phenomenal, the local food, but also you can get so much healthy food there. As mm. I said, there's so many yoga classes and massages go get a ton of massages you could yeah. go all day there's a place in Changu I love called therapy and I could just go there for six hours and just <laughs> you know get therapized basically but you know have beautiful massages and it's just so beautiful and you know go for walks up in the up in the hills go up to Ubud or there's beautiful places you can go that just it's just so beautiful yeah um, we went to Uluwatu um, and went down the cliffs love it yeah, love it there. Um, had a swim at their single fin um, beach club. And yeah, beautiful. Yeah, had had such a good time. And the other thing, and I always hate to like diss drinkers, but the other thing I thought oh, was, I won't, I'll diss myself, the amount of time I used to waste doing the drinking thing and not actually experiencing um, different opportunities within where I was staying because you were in the pub or at the bar or stuck in your room drinking. There's just so much more to see and do when it's not tied around drinking. Well, I've got friends that would go to Bali and not leave the resort 
Like <laughs> about going and understanding like some of the culture, the, the culture is so rich there and this and learn a bit about the place that you're staying at and, you know. And resort holidays are vibe. Like it's definitely yeah. could can be a thing. Um, at, but, yeah, I mean the resort holidays that I'd had where it was just about the drinking, yeah, like I could have just done that in, in Melbourne, just in a heated area of Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always thought too. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's just so fantastic. And I also love that you reached out to the grads group and there was a lot of support there for you as well during that time and I thought that was really great. And, again, it's that count- accountability and the connection with people. So, uh, you know, obviously if you're not in a group per se, but if there's someone that you can kind of connect with to help keep you on track, if you are feeling wobbly, I think that's another great thing to do too. Yeah, because I have the grads group, but I also have my sister who gave up drinking when she was like 18. So she's a real champion of my sobriety. So whenever mm. I feel a bit wobbly and I need something maybe a little bit closer and uh, the, that really kind of personal um, connection, I message her and say, well, trouble, things are it's a problem and she always is like right there straight away like championing me to stay sober so if you've got someone like that in your life a sister or a cousin or a bestie um yeah keep them close and and yeah be honest with them when when the things are tough and even just like speaking it or writing it out aloud can often just relieve some of that internal kind of gymnastics that's happening amazing I just I love your commitment I love your commitment to your sobriety it's like you know you're so fucking committed and you do all the things you know you feel the feelings you reach out you stay connected you you, you're prepared and this is actually the next one um that I loved sometimes the thought of drinking still comes and gives me a nudge and I'm prepared when it does I know it too will pass amazing can you speak to that (laughs) What was that? Is that not biblical? It too shall pass. It too shall pass. <laughs> but it's true. When I wrote that. <laughs> For me, that talked to the reminder of the sneaky bitch coming in when we think we have it sorted and we think we're now, you know, mature, grown-up individuals who would never overdrink because we're so awesome and sober now and you know that I think it for me historically I'd given up for two years and it kind of stuck in of like you can moderate your drinking which I know I can't and I was chatting to Lyndall about it the other day and I said I think for me when I'm not drinking I'm not an alcoholic but if I have one drink I am an alcoholic and so that will just be straight up so that was the reminder that even in you know two years now even in three years, four years, five years, there will still be times when she comes knocking and saying, hey, you're pretty okay now. You could probably have a few drinks. Um, And maybe for some people that kind of works out, but I know for me it won't. And so I remind myself that when the knock comes, I'm a non-drinker. I don't drink anymore. And it might feel attractive for a second, but, I, yeah, it will only be for a second. Yeah, oh yeah, that's amazing. Why is your sobriety so important to you? Mm. Yeah, on my um, geez, I don't know where that came from. Ah, <laughs> uh, on my sober tracker, you write this little reason, and 
Um, I I just wrote this really quick little line that says alcohol was ruining my life. Drinking was making me feel suicidal, depressed, anxious, and lonely. I though I know there is a better life for me to lead. Um, and so that's why it's so important to me is because when I had alcohol in my life, it turned it into something that wasn't beautiful and life is beautiful and I want to honour the opportunity that I've been given as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah, that is so amazing. And it's so, I mean, there is nothing more important than that, is there? No. Feeling and acknowledging that life is beautiful and realising too that if, if alcohol's got you to a point where you're especially suicidal, oh, my God, or feeling like life's not worth it or, you know, you're just having a shit time of life, it's so worth protecting that sobriety. That's right, Danny, and that's exactly why I protect it because I don't want to think that I don't ever want to be back in that place. Um, so it's for just a drink, you know what I mean, for just some something called alcohol. What a weird thing that I would do. I know. The way it made me feel. Yes. I I was just on a coaching call before and the the person that I was coaching was saying that they've, you know, they've gone well so far and now they're thinking about moderating again. And we talked about that. And of course, you know, it's like, well, that the choice is yours, I guess. But then let's go back to how you used to feel with it. And and what the fuck for? Like Yeah who wants to go back to shame and anxiety and regret and all those things because it will still be there. I agree. Who was it? Was it Amanda Turner who you just had on last week? And she said, what's the point of having one? Cause I honestly mm-hmm. have one drink, have none. Like the only, the only drinks you're going to have that are good are the 10. To that was Mandy Nolan. Yeah, the Nolan, comedian. Nolan. Yeah. Yes. Mandy Nolan. So if you're going to moderate and have one drink, why bother? Like, and that's the other what the fuck for. Yeah. yeah. What would one drink bring you? Like have a Sprite, no sugar. Delicious. Makes you feel great. Bubbly. <laughs> Bubbly. It gives you that kind of dopamine hit. No sugar. <laughs> mm. the, just in closing where you've said the further you get away from your last drink, the easier it gets. That's just some thoughts for me. All the things I never thought would happen for me are right here with me today. Life is not perfect but it's a thousand times better than the shit show that it was before. Giving up drinking has been the best decision of my life. Life does get better. Can you see your life already changing for the better? (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) Yay you for sharing that. I mean, again, it's just so inspirational and just such beautiful words of wisdom. I'm so stoked and and so grateful for you to share that with everybody. So in closing, I mean, I just read your statement there, so I guess that's probably what you'd say. But, you know, in a nutshell, can you kind of sum up your whole feeling about this whole thing? Yeah, uh, I think it is just exactly that. Like I think if people would say from the outside, how was Tara before and how has she changed now, actually don't think people would notice that much different and they would say, oh, she's, other than not drinking, she's pretty much the same. What people can't see and what shouldn't be accounted for is what goes in inside in your own mind and only you can know that. So if you're in a situation where it's all too much and the alcohol is, you know, acting in a way that makes you feel 
bad, only you know how bad that has gotten and only you know your internal chatter. So for me, the internal chatter that I had December 31st, 2020, 2020, and what I have now, like still in that case, but really so different. And people externally probably don't see that difference, but me, the, the person who matters, I feel it. I feel it every day when I wake up. Um, and, you know, like today, I had a shocking day today. My anxiety was so bad today. I had a really tough morning, but mostly um, I don't wake up and feel um, terrible and feel like I have to struggle through the day and feel like I have to make kind of amends or anything like that. I, You know, I just feel the normal challenges of life. I only have to overcome that. So it's just, it's so worth it. It's It's been for me so fantastic and internally my mind is at peace amazing I just love what you said Tara the person who matters <laughs> like for me the person who matters oh my god because <laughs> oh. we can check in with people right we can say do you think I drink too much do you think I drink too much we can ask our friends we can ask our family we can ask doctors and they're all like no you seem okay right but internally the person who hears all those things and, and has to live with it, that's that's the person we have to look after. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> that was just, that's, that is amazing. And that's right. It all comes down to how you feel. It does not matter how your partner feels, your friends feel, how anyone feels. It's all about how you feel inside. And like you say, you're the one that matters to you. You have to be the one that matters the most to you. Yeah, so just protecting those choices and protecting that sobriety like you have so well, so committed, and you I just think you're incredible and it's amazing to, you know, share this space with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks, Danny. And really, you know, well, credit to you. It was your, um, I think we did 90 days back then, the 90-day yeah. challenge, the uh, the test guinea pigs on the How I Quit Alcohol Um, you know, so what you offer to people, the opportunity to, you know, step away in a really supported and guided environment is without that, I don't, I would not have, I don't know that I would have got to two years. So team effort. Yeah. Team effort. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for saying that. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much. And I love that you just, you share that wisdom. It's absolutely wonderful. And I just want to acknowledge you for actually taking the time to do that. And so thank you so much. And I think that will put the wind in the sails of a lot of people listening that you can face the hard stuff head on that, you know, as Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things, stay committed and it will pass. You know, you will get to a point eventually where you stop thinking about it as much and it does get easier. It will get easier. I can promise you, Tara now promises you. (laughs) We both promise. I promise. Yes, I promise. It's true. It does get easier. So if you're struggling a bit, if you're finding it hard, that's also really normal. You know, don't think just because, you know, you hear someone on the podcast and it's all, you know, um, rainbows and unicorns for them and it's not for you that there's something wrong with you or you're not doing it right. Everyone is so different. Everyone's journey is so different. So I think that's really important thing to thing to remember as well, you know, that it's different for everyone. But it will get easier. We promise. We do promise. So, yeah. It's on its way. Yes. It's on its way. 
Um, Very true. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Tara. I'll let you go have dinner now and um, thank you. Okay. Thanks, Danny. See you. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.